The following is a Joel Mahalik production. On November 13th, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. She asked him to leave because he wouldn't listen to the Joel Mahalik show. Hello, welcome, 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 everybody. It is the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon, and I am the Joel Mahalik, and across the smaller desk than usual is the lovely Lovely Sharon. Sharon. All right. There you go. I'll catch on in a minute. In my spare time, I'm an amateur dentist, and I pull teeth. (laughs) Get it? Get it. It's like pulling teeth. I yes. get it. I get it. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, the address to go to for the podcast is www.jmtalk.net. That's where you can subscribe to the podcast, listen to it, and other things. And if you subscribe to the podcast, which you should do, it's available anywhere you get podcasts. Anywhere. Oh, my goodness. Uh, also, we are on Can social media. Can you imagine? <laughs> we're sort of on social media. I mean, we're not camping out on social media, but you can also find us on social media, TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. So there you have it. That's how you can interact with the program uh, on a weekly basis so you don't miss an episode. I'm really, I'm, I have to apologize today. Oh, my goodness. Me too. I have to apologize, Zay, because I ripped you from your pressure washing. I know. And I, I and, mean, and I wish I could. What the heck? I wish I could feel worse, but it's not like you were pressure washing our house for real. Uh, it is hey, just because it's a simulation <laughs> game does not mean it's not real. So a couple. Well, sh- wait a minute. Simulation. A couple short months ago, real. I got her interested because I oh wow and I'm looking at the computer with the game and I, you did get a more powerful head on there oh yeah so I told the lovely Sharon who loves the pressure wash and as a joke it was a joke and I said to her you know <laughs> I just saw that there's a pressure washing game out there because I am a gamer so I see these things right and, and I thought you were going to laugh that off but we bought it um, there was no laughing here. <laughs> and now... I was like, really? And now she's sort of like a gamer girl. Oh my goodness, you don't and even And not know. only that, but she also has it on the mobile device. I do. Right. It's not the it's same It's not the same, game. right, right. And it's kind of um, retarded, but when I'm away from my laptop, that's what I use when I get the urge. Right. And I get the urge often. <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> so yes, now what I'm afraid of is next is she will be getting the lawn cutting game. Stop! There's a lawn cutting yes, game. There's a grass cutting and there's several grass oh cutting simulations. Oh my god! Are you kidding? There's almost you a, need to stop. There's it. almost a simulation for anything. I, I mean, look, I got a, a truck what about driver painting. 
there probably is a painting simulation. Actually, I think I've seen ones where you just tap them. I don't want that. I don't want to. Yeah, you tap your you, you tap do. paint all the time with your mobiles. No, that's coloring. Whatever. That's not painting. <laughs> There's two different things right. I've there. seen paint games where you're right where you tap. It would be like. And a it just swath. fills in the Yeah, whole it wall. would be like a swath, and you hit it. Yeah. No, that's not. No, you're looking I for like. I mean, yeah. folks, if you can see what she's doing, she is literally going around and getting customers, and she has to pressure wash their right. places. Yeah, and their place, their places are downright filthy. <laughs> like I thought. Our house was bad. Oh no, their houses are black. And just a reminder, our house does need to be done. <laughs> so what are you saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you're right. Absolutely right. So yeah, so now we've uh, we've sort of turned you into some sort of some sort of some gamer sort of game, gamer girl. Now, yeah. but you know what's interesting is I always check with you before I disappear into the basement to go game. I know. You don't check with me at all. You, you know just why? Go do it. Yeah, but you know why I why? don't? Because I don't have to go down to my room and leave you to do my game. My gaming is done right in front of you. So you're we're still face you're to still face. You're still not asking me for permission. I don't have to ask permission, first of all, and neither do you. However, if you would like me to ask you if it's okay, I mean, if it no, strokes your ego a little bit, but not. Nope. I'll do it. Nope. You're quite, quite fine. I've thought so. Yeah. <laughs> so we're broadcasting in the beach studio, which yes. is nice because it's kind of quiet down here yeah, now. It's it after is. Labor Day. Yep. And we haven't even been here a lot. We haven't. And I our, feel like we've neglected our camper. We have. I feel like we've been neglecting our neighbors down here. Yeah. You That's know? more important because right? we have made friends down here. And and you know what else? The little bit of time we've spent down here this year, I just feel like we've had things we had to repair all the time. Right. You know, they say that buying a boat is like buying a money pit. I think all that could be said for an RV. There's constantly stuff to do. Yeah. You know? Especially if you're not coming down all the time. And it seems like when you do come down, you have to do upkeep. Yeah. But when you're down here all the time, you don't have to do upkeep all the time because you're always here. And I don't it's know how always, true that is, because no, some, some yeah, of our neighbors no, are constantly very doing true. things, you know? Yeah, but that's them. That's not us. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is It is quiet down here, and in about a week, if we wanted to, um, Miss Molly can go on to the beaches and stuff without... I mean, she... Like, we haven't even been to the beaches here. That's how little we've been down here. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I... Hey, I'm, I live with you, so I, I see what we're doing and not doing, so... Really? Yeah. And it's been a really weird season, too. It There's been has. a lot of things that have just come up left and right... Yeah. ...with, um, with our time, with, the, yeah, with our with limited our house, time. So I'm hoping for a breakthrough season then, next year. A yeah. breakthrough season next year. We have to um, do something about time management. Oh, I, yeah, I you need know time management I mean? in every facet of my life. Well, yeah, but I, I'm talking about next summer when this is open down here 
and we have the pool open at yeah, home. That's the and that's the difficult. Not that I've gotten a lot into the pool, but that's right. the, another difficult challenge. Right. Well, this summer though, for the pool, we've had to hammer out issues all season long. All season yeah. long that we did not know we would have to do. That's right. So that in itself is what stopped us from coming down here. Yeah. Because we only had weekends to do what we had to do with the pool. So, yeah. If you hear a hum in the background, I'm just noticing that the RV's air conditioner, which is right above us... <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry uh, about ...is that. raising what we call the sound floor a little bit. Not is much. Is it? Well, turn it off. Not much. I don't want to. Turn it off and then I start sweating. This is a sweat box. <laughs> Who owns an RV? I better raise your hand. If you turn the air conditioning off, even in the fall, is it a sweat box? You bet well, your yeah. But if you, you open bet the your yiners, and you bet your yiners. Turned off the air. You have the natural coldness. No, and it'd be nice. Not, and no, because it's still in the mid seventies. Yeah, but it's not in the nineties. The mid nineties. No. Mid. Don't look at yours and, and, and say no. No, nope, mine just, you know, vibrated. So I'm like, oh, what did it do? And it says, move, goal achieved. Now what? <laughs> so. So I've talked a lot. Okay. So do you want to talk? It's your turn. Do you want to talk about this? Um, <clears throat> unless you have something else you want to talk about. I don't have anything just yet. Okay. Do you want to start this off or you want me to start off? You just said you talked plenty. Okay, go So the lovely Sharon brought a story to the show. Let's give her a hand for that. Yay! Anyway, she brought a story. It's been actually sitting around for a couple weeks waiting for us to get to it. The Pentagon wants the public's help. Of course, part of the story's cut off here. Yeah, no, but uh, I, to I rename bases it. honoring Confederates. Yeah, the, the, um, the titles up at the top here. So yeah, so yeah, so they want to change the name of nine bases, some warships. Oh, warships as well. Yeah, yeah. There's warships. Um, Basically, anything named after a Confederate. Yeah. Army posts including Fort Bragg, Fort, Fort Hood. Hood, and Fort Lee. Fort Lee, yeah. And they are still deliberating whether they should also change the name of the Army's Fort Bel- Belvoir. I don't, I don't know how to say that. In Virginia, and a name is it Balfour? Oh, Balfour, yeah. Um, a name that came from a former slave plantation. And two Navy ships. So. And this, this is just really infuriating me. Trump tried to block it, but he was unsuccessful because Capitol Hill said, we're doing it. Right. So, here's the thing. And, and, you know... uh, this and this is a really touchy subject that you bring to the show. It is it's a, it, because it's it's very it's a very politically charged in this environment. No, and I get that. And I do. What drives me crazy is 
and we said it on the show before about rewriting history about rewriting history and I mean who who would know that 200 and some odd years later Fort Lee would no longer be called Fort Lee right because General Lee was in the Confederate and so in Civil War. Yeah, that's history. Yeah, it, it is history, and it's our history. And so, from that standpoint, it does bother me. Um, you know, because as you said, we've had this conversation. This and and this is all fueled by the cancel culture absolutely in the last couple of years and it's really been kicked into overdrive they've already taken statues down which yeah you know, not, so here's the thing so they've taken I the spent confederate flag down yeah so I spent a third of my life reenacting civil war living history and um, you know my father got us into it made the decision of where we're, what route we're going to go. So I played both sides, obviously. But most of my life, most of my reenacting career, I was in the Confederacy doing the living history. Now, interestingly enough, because my father's side of the family didn't get here until 1906. But right. the interesting thing about that is I even asked him one time, many, many, many years ago. I think we were still reenacting. I said, what, what I don't understand is because your family wasn't here, right? Uh, my mother's was, but I said, "Why did you choose?" You know, and so what it comes down to is a leather man that he had got all his belts and stuff made from before he got into this was in it, portraying Thirty Third Virginia. Bill got him into it, okay, and also the other answer to that from my father was the Confederate generals had nicer looking uniforms. Oh. That was my dad's <laughs> comment. <laughs> right. Well, so I, that was the reason. Yeah, I actually had family in the Civil War out of Pennsylvania. I'm not sure of the exact regiment, but we can find out by the way. I do. I I had I don't know it off the top of my head, but I do know it. Um, and so obviously we were further north, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. Um, but we also had family in the south. Right. And that's, that was the whole point of that war, right. brother versus brother. Right. I mean, it wasn't, it, the family that was in the north was, I'm a direct descendant. Right. However, the family that was in the south um, was like an offshoot of the right. family. So, although, so this know. so this whole committee set up to change this. So that's what upsets me is, you know, I've I've portrayed both sides, and that part of my life, which started when I was eight, drove me to my passion for United States history. Right. Which drove me towards that in college. Right. And so from a historical standpoint, from like you said, the history thing, you got to stop attacking history. Yeah. And the problem right now is this it cancel happened. culture. Let it go. Right, this cancel culture, they want it down because they say it offends them. And I don't understand that. 
and the reason I brought up the whole reenacting thing is because in relation to this, I didn't, you know, I didn't, yes, I didn't read this full story. I We've been hearing about this for over a year. Yeah. But I did some other research. I was looking at discussions in Civil War reenactors forums this past week. And this cancel culture bullshit mm-hmm. is affecting the hobby. Yeah. It's affecting the hobby. They're saying over the last 10 years, they're thinking about 30,000 less people are doing it. A small percentage of that, they feel like it's probably from the pandemic and economical changes. It's an expensive hobby to do. Yeah. But they said that this whole political scene is causing a rupture in the hobby. Right. You know, and... um, So now you're embarrassed to say that you do it that's, or that's is that of, the case that, that's I one mean, of the things that was going through my mind when I said am I going to discuss this am I going to say to our audience hey I used to do this and right. I was a confederate now look I stayed on that side I, you know, I did a short term with the union yeah. you know, portraying a chaplain which okay. I am but I stayed on that side because that's sort of where my whole family was doing it right and then even after that unit the 33rd Virginia that I was in kind of disbanded and then I moved on to oh excuse me I'm punching my mic I moved on I'm Italian part Italian I'm using my hands so then I moved on to 17th Tennessee you know and uh, so but I so I, I stayed in that for no other reason than hey this is where my dad started us at I'll kind of stay here you know but, right exactly um, but then of course again as, as a historian this the cancel culture and the the people on the left that think this is so important it's not like there are more important issues in this country than who a military base is named after but they have a whole committee based right. on this and that's because the left and the cancel culture they do not consider these Americans from the confederacy yeah um veterans which, by law, is incorrect. They are. Yeah. Because they tried to form another country. So we've gone from this piece of history that we should learn from because goddess knows we could be on a brink of some other type of civil war soon. Yeah. Just from exactly. what's going on because of things like Because guess. of what's going on currently. Right. Exactly. But it is history. And suddenly it's not. And I don't know where it started, but again, the cancel culture... Jesus, look at the time already. The cancel culture needs to shut the hell up and go to, go away. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And leave history alone. You can't erase it because you're doomed to repeat it. And damn it, they're repeating it now. Anyway, we gotta we got to clear out of here. You know, last week, we ended up going like... We went over so bad we couldn't fix it. we got to try to <laughs> fix it this week. <laughs> Folks, we got more coming up. That's... That's basically it on that. Draw your own opinions. We wanted to voice our opinion. Okay. Got some really good news, feel good news stuff coming up after the break. I also got a really interesting Wombat of the Week coming up after the break. And later on, we're going to talk about um, warrants and possibly some stuff going on that some people might think is against the Fourth Amendment. I mean, if anyone anyone cares about the Constitution anymore. But we'll be back with all this (laughs) stuff. Coming up after this. This is New York Super Oldie Station, 920 WON. The Apple, Brooklyn, New York. So I use my computer every day. Not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. 
One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue, and you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Welcome back to the show, folks. It's the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. Thanks for hanging out with us and sticking around. And, uh, boy, we have we have quite a bit to cover in this segment, lovely Sharon. Hi. Welcome back, everybody. So let's see if I can let me put the mouse over here out of my way. All right. So welcome back. Uh, what we want to talk about before we get to the one bad week is, you know, some feel-good stuff. <clears throat> okay. And uh, I stumbled upon this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I stumbled upon this. This is a program that actually started in 2019. But the reason I stumbled upon this story is because it was announced that it was still going on uh, because it's been so successful. So apparently, oh. um, Iowa students earn physical education credit by doing yard work for elderly and people with disabilities in the community. What? Yes. Yes. That's a fabulous idea. Uh, a group of Iowa students is stepping up to help community members get their yards ready for the summer, and they're earning physical education credit in the process. Uh, so this is a little late in the season to talk about well, it, but yeah, it starts but in still, April May, by the way. Yeah. Um, high school students for at the season. Alternative Learning Center in uh, uh, Alternative Learning Center. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that city in Iowa. Uh, spent, <laughs> the la- spent the last few weeks of school getting their hands dirty. And social studies teacher Tim Hitzler, who started the program, tells People Magazine that they've dis- they've signed up to help the elderly and those with disabilities with garden work, cutting down bamboo, and even tending to chicken coops. Um, so, uh, once, uh, once kids do it once, they want to go do it again because, hey, it's good for them. They learn real life skills. They're working hard. It's not easy. They're sweating. They're getting physical edu- right, education, yeah, basically. Exactly. They're getting their PE in. Right. Uh, the school's curriculum allows students to choose from several activities during the last few weeks of school that will count toward their PE credits. Oh, so it's not something that they can do all year. No, it's, it's in the spring. In the spring, like leading up spring. to the end of school, right. you know, okay. so they get PE credits. Okay. Right. Um, Hitchler started the program. Four years ago, after the school launched a garden, and he says every year since, students have worked alongside him for two hours each day during the school week at the end of the school year to tend the garden. And then huh. it just kind of swirled into this. So what happens is, it says this program has ended up launching this similar type of program in schools across the nation. So I thought it was really cool. That is really cool. Uh what they were doing and that they were doing it and it you know like i follow we as a show you probably didn't know this we follow a guy on tiktok and um i think he's from uh, in the south somewhere 
And he has a program where he gets um, young men to uh, help him cut grass for elderly and disabled people uh, at no cost. And each year, he goes on a 50-state tour and does houses in every state. Oh, wow. And then during Christmas, he goes and he plays Santa with these elderly. Wow. And, and, you know, and now I'm sorry, the Santa thing he does, 50 states, is he visits homeless people on the street. Amazing guy. Wow. But his big program is getting young men Mm -hmm. to do these challenges of doing these yards for people, and then they get rewarded for it. So, but at the oh, same time, they're also cool. they're learning how to right. have responsibility to do something for others, yeah, you know, and whatnot. So that's really cool. So, the other thing that <clears throat> I wanted to bring up, uh, sort of in line with this school thing, is <clears throat> also back in 2019. There's a reason I'm bringing this up. Ryan Coyote, nine years old at the time, so that would make him 11. Is he the one that gave out blankets and no, stuff no. to the homeless? No. Um, he used his allowance that he made. Yeah. Hard-earned allowance. And he paid the $74.80 lunch tab for all of his fellow third graders at West Park Elementary School. Oh, Wow. Uh, yes. So he had a passion for helping others at nine. Imagine that. Wow. You don't, you just don't see this kind at of stuff all the time. nine years old, I was just worried about shooting marbles or playing jacks, you know? Jacks, you know, the game with the little metal thing. I tell everybody that. on this show that you're only 27 years old. Uh, right. That's so at I'm nine, saying. you would not have been playing jacks and marbles. Yes. Are you losing your marbles? You don't say that on the air. <laughs> hey, come on. No, they have those things today, you know. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, basically, after the start of the academic year, three years ago, at West Park Elementary in Napa, Coyote had been using his lunch card to buy meals for students who could not afford to eat. But then... He decided to just pay off the tabs um, for everyone in his class. Wow. So the thing about this is, is this program has launched, and we've talked about, I'm sure we've talked about on the show before, at least once or two other times, about these people that have stepped up, not yeah, just kids, but right. adults. Exactly. And paid off school lunches. And that's because that's that seems to be a pocket problem. Mm-hmm. Is excuse me, the school lunch program, and a lot of yeah. pe- a lot of people were saying this day and age, why is that even a thing? Where you go to school and you have to pay for your hot lunch. A lot of schools, if you can't afford or get approved for your hot lunch, I just I just read this this week. In many school systems, that means you get peanut butter and jelly. And a bottle of water. That's ridiculous. That's prison food. Yes, it is. Um, and in one... Come on. Let's see if I can find it real quick. One school... Let's degrade the kids. Right, exactly. And make them feel like poor people because they can't afford lunch. Come right. on. There... Um, okay, so... Oh, Lord. So there have been fundraising efforts set up... Um, 
in many other places, including Texas, Washington, Rhode Island, Ohio, and some other states. A Rhode Island school district reversed a policy that would have made students with lunch debt eat cold sun butter and jelly sandwiches. What is sun butter? I have no idea. Never heard of it. It doesn't sound like peanut butter. No. Whew. So, um, yeah, so there have been other problems, uh, pockets of problems and, and like, uh, funds set up and, like, people making moves to say, hey, this is crazy. And something has to be done about it, you know? Um, Because I don't remember, like, I I remember the, the, it was almost like, like signing a, uh, a contract for a house when we had to fill it out for our girls. Oh yeah, when they were in school. Yep, it was like an unbelievable to get a free lunch. Yeah, yeah, amount of paperwork. Yeah, you know, just to see if you know because you know we weren't high income. No, and so they put you through all this paperwork, and then I guess you know if you can't and you can't afford it and you can't bring anything, in some places you get a cold sun butter and jelly sandwich. Well, I need to know what sun butter is. You know, I And you can use that all you want because... This doesn't interfere? No, I think you're fine. I don't know. You know what? I really don't even know. Oh, Let's find out. But here we go. Sun butter. Sun butter. Hey, Google. What is sun butter? Oh, we don't have that. We don't have a hey Google here, do we? I'm going to take a hey drink of something because my throat's getting raw. Butter. Maybe sun butter can help my throat when I'm doing the show. Okay. Some butter is... Better than no butter. (laughs) Sunflower oil butter. That's disgusting. Some butter. Natural sunflower butter. That's disgusting. So that's like putting vegetable shortening spread and jelly onto a sandwich. Yeah. Some butter. Natural sunflower butter. Really? That's, That's craziness. That is. That's sad is what it is. Look, and somebody's poking their hand through a hole. What? Look. Yeah, because they don't want you to see their face that they're right? so low that they're offering you a bottle of sun butter. And look. Of course they're going to stick it through their at, through a hole in a wall. Walmart, it's, it's a sun ounces. butter glory hole. At Walmart, 16 ounces is $5.34. Wow. Anyway. That. Mm-mm. So, I mean, I applaud kids like this. It is, I think you, what the the you were talking about the kid that we featured on our Honor Thy yeah. Heroes last year yeah. twice, right? Because of what he does over there in Maryland for his community, uh, and that's to fight sunflower bullying. Sunflower spread. Okay, so we got it. Sunflower. Uh, I'm sorry, it's just grossing me out. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to the Wombat of the Week. We did some feel-good okay. stories, some people doing yeah, things. Yeah. And now the Wombat now of the Week. We now talk you, about the stupid people. Right. You can get involved. <laughs> this is how you do it. All you got to do is send us a link to a verifiable news story. It has to be a verifiable news story. Yes. Not a story. Don't send me TikTok videos. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Please stop getting your How news about that one that that person sent? Yeah, somebody sent us a TikTok <laughs> video with somebody's, uh, an anti-vaxxer's opinion. Yeah. Not fact. That's right. not a wombat of the yeah. week, okay? So anyway, send us I mean, a- there may be a wombat, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> right. Send us a verifiable news story <laughs> and send it to us in an email to joelmahalikradio at gmail.com. You can also send it to us at Facebook as a DM at JM Talk. Right? 
Yeah. Facebook is jam yeah, talk. Yeah. Jam talk. Facebook sucks, by the way. It does. Anyway, um, so today's wombat of the week is a fake sign language interpreter delivers gibberish in Florida during a police press conference. I remember this story. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, folks, hearing impaired people do tune into the news to find out what's going on. Yes. And they yeah. tuned into this news conference about the arrest of a suspected serial killer. Yep. And all they got was gibberish from an American Sign Language interpreter. Right. As Tampa Police Chief Brian Dugan announced the arrest of Howell Donaldson last Wednesday night, interpreter Derlin Roberts was there beside him, making signs that made no sense. Uh, according to Rachel Sedembrino, who is uh, deaf and teaches American Sign Language at the University of South Florida, she said that she sat up there and waved her arms like she was singing Jingle Bells. What? <laughs> Among the things Roberts signed, according to Sedembrino, was the following. 51 hours ago, 0222, indecipherable, murder, 3 minutes, in 14 weeks ago, in old, indecipherable, murder, 4555,000, plea, 10, arrest, murder, bush, Incomprehensible three age 24. (laughs) Oh my God. In fact, the chief was providing a timeline of the four shootings and describing how his agency has received some 5,000 tips Mm. before arresting the 24 year old suspect. That's crazy. The chief says he was disappointed, confused, and upset and really wanted to know. Oh, I'm sorry. Sedembrino said she was upset. She wanted to know why the city hired this person. Tampa Bay spokesperson Steve Haggerty said Monday that Roberts just showed up and told him that she was there to provide the sign language interpretation at the news conference. He assumed that someone else at the department called the service and requested it. By the way, this is, I thought that when I said last Wednesday, I'm sorry, this goes back to November, but still. But still. <laughs> Wombats never age. They do. They age like fine wine. <laughs> So when wombats hit the internet, like everything else, they're a wombat forever. So you know, at the time of this press of this, uh, they were not able to reach this lady who just disappeared. They did look. They did look her up and found out that she has. She is has an extensive criminal record that includes convictions for fraud over fifty thousand dollars and fraudulent use of personal information. Um, and they. And, and get this this is this is the mystery the, the mystery is why hasn't she returned their phone calls because right. now they want an explanation yeah. you think this lady's going to call you I mean right. did you pay her I mean how does this work you know what I mean and wow well the, they do get paid to interpret right. and the citizens are upset yeah because they want to know is this the same way you hire Police officers to and serve and protect. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Well, the good news is you don't hire detectives off the street. You have to work well, your way up. Yeah, but. And prove yourself to be a detective. But, um, and I don't blame them for being upset. I really don't. No, not but at all. I'd be upset. Here's the thing, folks the sign language interpreter is not the wombat of the week. The Tampa Police Department is our wombat of the week. <laughs> That's right. For just out of the blue, inviting this person in to do a, a press conference for right, you. Right, exactly. That's the crazy part. 
So, anyway, um, so that's our Wombat of the Week. Be sure to get your story in to joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. Um, or you can send it across Facebook. Again, like I said, at JM Talk, that's where to go. So, um, there it is, the Wombat of the Week. Um, so now coming up on the program afterwards, uh, after the break here, I will be talking about a new type of warrant. And I don't want to say more than that. I want to entice you to come back. Warrant as in warrant, police warrant? Well, warrant for something. So for your arrest uh, or well, maybe something like that? You could stick around even though you're leaving. I could. Right. But this is the time <laughs> of the show where you have to say goodbye, Sharon. So say it loud and proud. Goodbye, Sharon. That was loud and proud. So as the lovely Sharon takes her leave from the episode, folks, I will return with more to wrap podcast number 149, if you're keeping track. Wrap it up after this. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations? Welcome back to the show, folks. It's the Joel Mahalo Show featuring the lovely Sharon. Welcome to the final stretch, the third part of the program. Appreciate you hanging out. And uh, as I said earlier, I want to talk about uh, this story about a new warrant. And I ran into this story and I was like, whoo, we got to talk to our people about this. So I want to tell you about this guy... Uh, Zachary McCoy, who, from Gainesville, Florida, out on a routine bike ride around his neighborhood, and he got himself into the proverbial crosshairs of the Gainesville, Florida police. In January 2020, uh, and the email from Google landed in McCoy's inbox, police were requesting his user data the company told him, and McCoy had seven days to go to court and block the release of his data. McCoy later found out that the request was part of an investigation into a burglary of a nearby home the year before. The evidence that cast him as a suspect was his location during his bike ride. Information the police obtained from Google through what is called a geofence warrant. For simply being in the wrong place at the wrong time, McCoy was being investigated, and as a result, his Google data was at risk of being handed over to the police. Did you get all that? Geofence location warrants and reverse search warrants, such as the ones that McCoy dealt with, are increasingly becoming the tool of choice for law enforcement. 
Google revealed for the first time in August that it received 11,554 geofence location warrants from law enforcement agencies in 2020. That is up from 8,396 in 2019. And that is up 982 from 982 in 2018. 982, 8,396, 11,000 plus in three years. This is a concerning trend. According to experts and advocates, they are worrying that the increased signals uh, will start a new era, one in which law enforcement agencies find the ever more creative ways to obtain user information from data-rich technical companies. And they fear that agencies and jurisdictions will use this relatively unchecked mechanism in the context of new and controversial laws. So, you have all this data. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about what is your phone doing? What are you allowing your phone or mobile device to do? And one of the most basic things that come to mind when I say that or when anyone warns you about hey what is your mobile device what does that have permission to let's talk about location location is a is is something in your cell phone that's basically turned on full bore by default anything anywhere okay everything wants to know what your location is and so listen I'm not saying do what you got to do to hide from the authorities. I mean, again, it goes back to this this argument. If you have nothing to hide, what do you care? What do you care if you have nothing to hide? The same type of thing I talk about when I talk about Second Amendment. You know, I'm okay. You want to make great... Uh, you want to make common sense laws about that? Great. Okay? That's fine. As long as they're common sense and everyone has to abide by it. And if I'm not doing anything wrong, why should I be concerned about those laws. As long as I'm still a law-abiding citizen and able to exercise my rights. But what I'm saying is, this poor guy, riding his bike, and because in his Google data, it said that at that time, whatever, let me give, I'll give you, uh, the, uh, you know, um, an example. 8.32 p.m., his location on his phone stamped him at being at such and such in the area, such and such address. Boom, a year later, the police are pulling information from Google and they they think they have a suspect because this guy was around that address. He passed by riding his bike. So you have to ask yourself, this is sort of weird. So you should be asking yourself, what is my phone doing? So, lawyers and privacy experts argue that geofence and other broad warrants, such as those that ask companies to sift through keywords people search for, are akin to a general warrant made illegal by the Fourth Amendment right against unreasonable searches and seizures. Unlike other kinds of search warrants, which are targeted and seek information about people who law enforcement has probable cause to believe has committed a specific crime, these warrants don't have a particular person in mind. So it's not like they went after this guy. They just pulled data. 
And then when one of those broad searches showed that this guy McCoy was in the location around the time of this burglary, oh my God, he must have done it. It's reckless. And it's worrisome, and it should worry everybody. Okay? It it does sound like they're teetering into the unreasonable search and seizure with this. So, in other words, reverse search warrants, law enforcement is still looking for their suspect, and they're asking tech companies to give them a list of people to investigate. For geofence warrants, anyone in a certain place at a certain time becomes a suspect and is subject to further investigation, which could mean giving police even more of their user data once they've gotten enough data to see that this person was in that area at that time. Oh, well, he might be a suspect. Now, that gave me the right to have a judge sign off that I can go get all the data I need on him. And and, and that's where it gets a little hairy, you know what I mean? So, and so that's what the geofence warrant is. It just says, hey, we're investigating this neighborhood. So we'll go to these tech companies that we know collect data through these mobile devices and we'll tell them we need everything for this area at this time. And then they can sift through all that. So that's why it was a year later before he gets the email from Google saying, hey, the police are requesting your data. And here's the thing. The police are requesting your personal data from our database and you have seven days to go to court and fight it isn't that crazy doesn't that sound a little weird to anybody that it's that simple to say they want your data and you have to go tell them no in court and you need to fight them no one's looking out for no one who's collecting that data no one that's polling your data and storing your data gives a shit about who's going to get your data doesn't that seem a little evasive into the fourth amendment realm It, it, it sure does to me a little bit it sure does to me I was blown away to read this story about a guy who because of a bike ride because of a bike ride is now having trouble with potentially having trouble with with the law because of where his phone said he was at at a particular point in time. Privacy groups are arguing that tech companies bear responsibility in law enforcement's growing access to these types of data by developing new features that index user information in a way that makes it more searchable. That's what I'm saying. The tech companies have to have some sort of responsibility to say you can't just have it all. You know? You can't just take it all. There's got to be some responsibility. If you look at the proposed Apple uh, Child Sexual Abuse Material Detection, CSAM function, okay, which would analyze images to detect child sexual abuse images, you know, uh, that's, that's causing a stir. Look, I'm all for catching child sexual abuse predators. Holy crap. Don't even think that I'm standing on a soapbox saying it's wrong to catch them. Okay, that's not what I'm saying, but I would think before a tech company like Apple, I don't even know, I you know, I I don't even know what I don't even know what the correct way to say this is. I really don't because 
There's no way, I want everyone to understand, there's no way that I'm advocating that. What I'm saying is, I said, we have to be a little cautious in the how Apple proceeds with this, if they're allowed to proceed with this. The, the technology's developed. They're just trying to get it to launch. I have no problem if you want to catch child predators. Get them. Get them all. The problem is how this CSAM function is open for abuse and overstepping of bounds. That's the problem with these types of things. And I'm telling you, since this story came out talking about Mr. McCoy and his problems, it makes the Apple CSAM function more suspect. Okay, I think you would need a little more information, a little more police work before you just say, give me everything you have, uh, you know, on, on such and such. You know, like, okay, you're probably going to sneak this into our iPhones, okay, for those of us that stay with Apple. So once you sneak this in, how do we know... Jesus, see, there's no real way to even come at this story. There's no real way to come at it. You know? Like, yes, if someone's a child predator and they got pictures on their on their phone, absolutely. Take them down. But you... How is it you get into that phone to find those pictures? I'm telling you, you're going to have Fourth Amendment problems with this. I mean, what happened to police work? What happened to police investigations that get you to that point? Like, I'm old enough to remember, and I've been in the computer computer industry long enough to know that, they get a warrant based on probable cause to take your devices and search them. Boomo! That's how it works. Okay, so these groups that are concerned, they say from our position, created more vulnerabilities on our devices that can be abused, whether by an authoritarian government or by law enforcement or hackers, doesn't make anyone safer. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't. It's making us more vulnerable. We already have problems with hackers. And you want to you want more problems with hackers? Are you kidding me? And these, like, the normalization of these mechanisms is particularly worrying because controversial laws such as, I don't know, take the Texas abortion ban. All right, they're being passed. Privacy advocate Albert Fox Kahn, the founder of the Surveillance Technology Oversight Project, said, and he said, while Texas' law doesn't allow public officials to sue abortion providers or those who help, it doesn't prohibit them from aiding private citizens who do sue. So, this can be a pretext. And again, you know, it, it, it's tough stepping into this. Because I'm not taking a stance on the abortion thing either, so don't even try that. Okay? But it's getting easier, folks. It's getting easier to take your data. It's getting easier to take your data without you knowing about it. So again... You need to pay attention to what your location services are doing. Like, there's very few things that allow to use my location. 
okay take a look and see what's using your location and I don't even think I run a GPS if I need to use my maps to look for directions I have to actually turn the GPS on on the phone so my GPS isn't on I'm not trying to evade anybody I'm trying to evade people from uh, being able to hack I mean if you you know if you were in the computer industry then you would know there's a thing called social engineering and that's how people use all this stuff and more to socially engineer you to get to know you so then they can get something from you or in this or in most cases from your company data how can I squeeze data out of this person that's what it comes down to and that's what we have to be careful about there's some preliminary reports that uh, I'll be working on about Apple having a new new thing they're putting in their phones to detect depression. And they're saying it's, it, it, it's going to be more for the health app. What do you need that for? I think that's more sinister than just being something else to add to your health app. But more on that when we get it. Anyway, so um, I'm going to wrap things up on the program. Um, I want to thank everyone for joining us uh, on on the show. Um, again, take everything with a grain of salt and don't get your news from TikTok and things like that. I want to thank you for listening. Remember, we're at www.jmtalk.net. That's where you can go and subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss an episode when they drop. You're subscribed. You get it. Bungo, bango, bongo. You're in. Uh, you can also uh, listen to the shows right there on the fly at the website. We're on social media. Uh, we are at TikTok and Facebook at JM Talk, Instagram and Twitter at JM Talk Radio. You want to drop us a line, do so by sending me an email at joelmaholicradio at gmail.com. So in the meantime, be good human beings out there, folks. Please do it for all of us. Be good to one another. And we will catch you here next time on the Joel Mahalik Show featuring the lovely Sharon. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 